All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Hey, Sweets. What's going on, buddy? How's your week? How are you? I'm well. I think, actually, I hurt my back, and I'm beginning to wonder if it's the beginning hey, of my Hey, back pain buddies. Yeah, oh, you have, oh, right, you were saying you have back pain, too. Well, I not not like chronically, but I, see, this is an opportunity to humble brag. Yeah, yeah, let's uh, hear it. Because I got up on Monday morning, and I ran 11 kilometers. Nice. It's the longest I've ever run without, like, stopping to walk for a break or whatever. Mm-hmm. 11 kilometers. I was really proud of myself, but I am not... I'm not schooled enough in the necessary stretches if you're going to exert yourself. Yeah. So I did like a couple of like little hamstringy things that I learned when I was, you know, 12 and in curling juniors. Sure. Um, sure. <laughs> but uh, I probably didn't. I probably didn't stretch it out properly because I've been pretty sore ever since. And last night we put a hot water bottle on my back, and I think I sat on it too long because I kind of scorched my back. Oh God! <laughs> I I think this is going to get better as you continue running, though. Well, yes, that's true. Yeah. You, you must uh, do stretches after you do a good run. Man, I'm the worst for stretching. Sure. Well, except for that, you are a more uh, capable runner than I. Like you would just get up and do a ten. That's not so out of the ordinary for you. I suppose. I've only done a couple of them now. But it wouldn't be without some soreness afterwards. Like, I would have, like, my hips would be kind of, like, irritated. We and... do lots of fives and sixes. Yeah. And that's that's well within my wheelhouse. Uh-huh. And sometimes I'll have, like, sore legs the next day. But it's yeah. never like, oh, maybe I hurt myself. It's always feel the burn. I think I did well yesterday. Right. And this back pain is a little bit more like, I don't know, maybe I maybe I crushed my spine. Uh, well, that's down. what I'm wondering. It's it's yeah. not a a healthy movement for your back, but like you know, you like running, so you do it. I do. I kind of do. Yeah. Some people really don't like it. Some people find it quite boring. Well, you've gotten into it over the last couple of years because I remember a time where you were terrified to run, and that's really what it was. It was like a it was like a social anxiety thing. Yeah. I didn't I didn't like being looked at while I was running. right. Yes. And I don't know if I look bad while I don't know if it's some residual thing where somebody like pointed and laughed in gym class or something, and I was running. Interesting. Um, but. But now I'm, I'm over that. It took a long time and it took a lot of running with Becky who yeah. isn't judging me. Right. Uh, and now I can do it by myself. But you're right. Like I remember when I moved back to Halifax, I was very nervous to run on the sidewalk because it seemed like everybody driving by was looking at me like there was something to look at. Mm. And it was just in my head. Right. So what are you are you timing yourself at all on these on these runs? I'm using the Nike run app. Yeah. Plug for Nike. Yep. That's pretty I effective. Same, I use the same one. I mean, it's just a good way to know because it gives you like kilometer updates, tells you yeah. where you are, how long you've been going. I'm not fast by any means. I'm I'm running like, like uh, sometimes up upwards of seven minutes a kilometer. Sure. Um, but, but it's, I mean, a, it's a good way. Especially when you're when you're running like that distance, long kilometers, yeah. like or long kilometers, long distances, you're gonna be slower toward the end. Well, we're aiming for the 15. We've already paid for it, so it has to happen. I nice. need this back to feel better by May. I uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll be fine. I think so too. So, what happened to yours? I, I kind of stepped on your Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, okay, so running a couple times last week, got a couple like personal bests. Mm. And I think I was pushing myself like to the point where at the end of the run I was almost puking. Oh, like, yeah. One of those kind of runs cuz I just knew what my time was and I was like, I can beat this. So, Ran a little bit more last week than I typically would. And then while my, like, it was either my hips or my lower back, well, they're still kind of messed up. Not messed up. Anyways. <laughs> Just aching I, and unstressed. Yeah. Yes. I ended up doing deadlifts and squats at the gym ah. with a friend who was like, hey, you want to do those? And I was like, sure. Yeah, let's do it. And I think I pulled something in that time. And my back has been sore ever since. My, like, low back. You're also just getting older. These are things I know. I'm, now I now how do I figure it out? Is it just an age thing, or is it a running thing, or is it a pulled muscle thing? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Then why am I here? I don't know what we've been doing all this time. <laughs> Sweets MD. Yeah, <laughs> that's my procedural show on CTV. Mm, yeah, you changed to a British accent for <laughs> <laughs> just when giving my prognosis. But you're holding the cane on the wrong side. <laughs> Doctor House. Oh, that's what you're talking about. House. That's right. It was yeah. a house reference. It was a house reference. I see. You got I see. It. Hey, I want to. I want to talk to you about something. And you, I, I'm. I'm wondering if maybe you've heard this already, okay. uh, because it was so striking to Becky and I last night. We were watching this movie on Netflix, and I remember hearing about this movie maybe a year ago when it first came out and seemed to be doing quite well at Sundance, either 2018, 2019. This guy is just like a nobody in 
the filmmaking community, certainly not on any like grand scale, but he's, I don't know, a community theater actor or something who decided to funnel all of his life savings into making a feature film, which is adapted from his like one man stage show. So similarly to Fleabag, except it's more depressing than Fleabag. It's called Thunder Road, which of course caught my eye because I love that song so much. Sure. And it's about this uh, guy who's really going through a nervous breakdown. It opens on his mother's funeral and he's giving some kind of like off the cuff eulogy and he's uh, having a nervous breakdown at the funeral and he's also going through a divorce and he's trying to get custody of his daughter. And it's like a dark comedy and it is very funny. He's okay. got this capability of um, of making you laugh with things that are not funny. Anyway, we watched the full two hours. It was really quite good and quite impressive that this random guy made a real movie. Right. Uh, his name is Jim Cummings. Nobody has uh, brought Jim Cummings to your attention? No. See, I feel like when you're told you have a doppelganger, your, your, uh, your reflex is almost to get your back up and be like, there's no way. And then also, friends, people who know you really well, never really see a likeness between their friend and this person they supposedly look like because you know them really well. Right. But that's just how much I think this guy looks like you. So I've like got me? His, yeah, yeah. So uh, in the movie, he has a mustache and I found a picture of him without a mustache. Uh, <laughs> I see what you mean. He looks remarkably like you, Slaney. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely something there. There's, wow. Well, in, like I said, in the movie, he has a mustache because he's like a police officer. Sure. And even then, he really looked like you. And I've seen you with a mustache, so maybe that's why it stood out. But he has similar brow. You've kind of got like a heavy brow. Yeah. Very brow. angular jaw. And then just his like features and coloring are, are exactly like yours. All Jim right. Cummings is his name. I'd say you're a little more handsome than him. But, Whoa, but thanks. In, This guy in, looks like a handsome guy. Definitely a handsome guy. And quite a pathetic character, too. <laughs> okay. So I've really seen you in a new light now. Wow, I'm going to watch Thunder Road. I want to see my what my doppelganger does in a, <laughs> a, a very difficult time. This is what it would look like if you were having like really the worst struggles uh, a young, I, lonely man a could. A complete midlife crisis. How old is he uh, in the movie? Maybe like 30s? In his thirties, because he's got a daughter who's like eight or nine. Okay. Yeah, she's starting fourth grade in the in the movie, and it's, uh, it's it's got uh, shades of Marriage Story actually. Like some of the hey, we're getting a divorce, and this is what divorce looks like legally right. speaking. It's got some of that story, except for that it's it's not as polished. It's not as squeaky clean as sure. Marriage Story. So has he has it since kind of picked up some steam is he, is he did you check out his imdb is he up to other stuff i think Are he's people... got like little small things underway but literally nobody in this movie is anyone you've seen before right. I, I don't know where he found them i don't know if they're like his like community theater troupe yeah uh or probably like like small time tv soap opera actors or something because they all do a great job like uh -huh. there's not a sour note in the movie but i saw it on netflix and i'm like hang on i think i saw this guy do like a reddit ama or something yeah because he was like promoting his own movie sure um and we checked on rotten tomatoes and it had 98 percent of rotten tomatoes and Whoa. i saw that it was like a real sleeper hit at sundance a couple years ago and so we tossed it on and immediately it gets you yeah. uh and there is like a vague thunder road by springsteen uh theme in the title i don't really know why it's called thunder road it's it's kind of a forced metaphor and the song actually never plays in the movie because you can't afford it right um but uh overall very good film and i recommend okay I'm I'm in for it. Yeah, I'm in for anyone who looks like me being on a screen for two hours. It just it didn't I didn't notice it until about half an hour in, and then it's all I could see. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I who have you this. gotten before? I don't think anyone. I've gotten uh, former UFC fighter Kenny Florian. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know, but it's just a very specific. Sure, like, Kenny, Kenny Florian. There's random. Um, Random people in like magazines that people will find. Like there was an Olympic, a, a guy wearing a bunch of Hudson's Bay stuff a couple of years ago. Okay. And I changed it to my profile picture because he was like <laughs> a better looking version of me. Like just okay. a huge Jack dude with kind of my face, but like more beautiful. All right. I was okay with You're it. You're a beautiful though. man. <laughs> so those two, I, I don't think there's anyone famous that, I've been compared to really. Some people say that, and this is this is gonna sound showboaty, mm. but I really think it's like a far reach, and it's just because I have a beard and short hair. It's okay. It's hard to have this conversation without. I know where you're going with this, by the way. Okay. Uh, it's hard to have this conversation without sounding like you're like tooting your own horn. Yeah. But this is always based on what other people say. Which, and I don't believe this mm. because I, 
I did not grow up with anyone fawning over me. Adam Levine? Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, uh, maybe like a bizarro version that, uh, you know, has like a straight nose and a, a beard and is like, and again, like you know, an relatively ang- thin angular face, I guess. Yeah. Like, uh, I think he has like kind of beadier eyes than you. Okay. I don't not see it, but also I think it's kind of a reach. It's It's so far. Like, yeah. it's just a, a white dude. <laughs> well, one that I think is, is comparable for me, and I think you'll go, oh, yeah, no way, is I, I've gotten it at least 15 times in my adult life is Adam Scott from Parks and Recreation. And, right. and it's not that I'm offended nor flattered. It's just I don't see it. I don't think that's right. And I, and I would normally just chalk it up to one person making mm. some random comment, except for that it has happened again and again. Wow. Yeah, it's a weird one. I almost wonder if it's like more overall kind of demeanor. <laughs> energy. I've got Adam Scott energy. You've got, you've got some Adam Scott energy, which is an overall wholesome, but at the same time, I don't necessarily want to talk to you. It's kind of like a combination of... of uh, You're a good friend. You've, on, you've only spent like 200 plus hours talking to me on the record. Well, yeah, I know. Well, I know you want to talk to me. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell when you just want to get out of a conversation. Well, I always associate Adam Scott with uh, Ben Wyatt. That's who I think he is at all times. Yeah. Um, but he's also played a lot of scummy people. Yeah, almost like ridiculously so. Oh, yeah. Because he's not, he's not a scummy character at all. Doesn't seem like a like a scummy person in real life, but he can play both. Yeah. No, I think, I think Ben Wyatt is the vibe that I, I meant when I said Adam Scott. Well, that's good. That's good. Adam Scott himself is is very silly. Silly goose. Yeah. Yeah. Silly goose. Do you still listen to Comedy Bang Bang? I do. Yeah. Still. Yeah. That yeah. is like your original podcast. I know. The OG. I don't um there are episodes that I've missed at this point, mm-hmm. but for the most part I catch catch most of them cuz the the second you're like, oh, "I don't want to listen to that one," and you eventually come around to it, you're like, "Wow, that was actually one of the funnier episodes and I didn't know three of the people on it, but they become superstars down the road." Did you see Spotify about the Ringer today? Yes, that's been a thing for a while. It's we were talking about that, right? Been in the pipeline. I think you did tell me that it was maybe going to happen. Yeah, they're kind of indicating without a whole lot of detail that it won't really change much. But does that mean it's like not going to be available in the iTunes Store anymore? I'm sure it will still be like that. They would lose so many listeners, but yeah. it's Spotify, so Spotify wants to bring people there too. I it's, truly it's, don't know. It sounds like such an old man thing to say, but I don't get Spotify. I don't see why it's better than a couple of your other options. Honestly, I think I think the biggest thing for Spotify is um, there's a shared playlist option, which I think is pretty cool. Okay. Um, I think once you're in it... We could do that on Apple Music. If I made a uh, playlist, I could send it to you. You could send it, but I wouldn't be able to edit it and... Oh, like, like a the, Google Drive. Like it's literally like a shared thing where you can just chuck music on whenever you want. That's kind of cool. I like that. And you can do it with multiple people. You can have whatever users doing that, which I don't know why Apple, like it's not, doesn't seem like that. It's not a complicated code tough thing. of a nut to crack. That's yeah. kind of cool, actually, if you're at a party or whatever and everybody's like invited to just toss on a song. Yeah, whatever. throw on your song right now. That's pretty cool. Um, there's that. I've never used the pro version, so I can't really speak to it, but I have friends who are like, no, Spotify is for sure better. Um, Except for that you can't just like put on any song You can't just like Because I'm somebody who likes to download no, his songs No you, right? you can I think you just have to have the premium version I had the premium version for a while Because Apple Music wasn't working right It's very playlist centric And I'm not oh, that kind of guy I'm okay. constantly changing Yeah yeah. I am too Like I, w- I would rather not have a playlist dictated to me But if I find one I like I go for it Anyway Um. Yeah so I I think honestly one of the main things they probably want is access to music and being able to do more stuff with music. You mean the Ringer? The Ringer. Yeah, that's interesting because they're doing a. I think Shea Serrano is doing like a hip hop podcast or something too that was available only through the the uh, through Spotify. It's really a huge uh, mystery spot. It's a huge shadow on the really powerful medium that is podcasting. Is yeah. just the complicated royalty aspect of music because like as soon as podcasts can find a way to legally incorporate music like then radio really has to take a look at what they're going to do next because because that is right now everything that is podcasting is really niche on-demand radio but it's all talk format yeah and if they can find a way to incorporate it in some kind of like 
non-proprietary way. Yeah, would they ever? Would a radio station ever syndicate like a weekly show kind of thing? Not and like a a serialized show. I mean, yeah, I, I I have a lot of opinions on the overlap that's essential between FM radio, commercial radio, and podcasting. I could go down that rabbit hole. Well, go for it. I want to know these. I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because you know because what we do for a living and, and sure. i don't i don't want to speak badly about what we do because we do good things but i do think there radio has always uh survived its doomsday clock yeah. which has been on the go for like 80 years right ever since they created black and white television in your home right people have been saying this is going to kill the radio right <clears throat> and then like satellite radio came by and it kind of went mm-hmm. i mean as soon as howard stern retires they're gonna have to take a good hard look at themselves, right. satellite radio, uh, it still survives. And even in this age of podcasting and Spotify and Apple Music, it's it's going strong also. But it's always survived because it's been able to look a few years into the future and anticipate it and find a way to be a part of it. Yeah. And so uh, satellite music happened and every radio station, every commercial radio station in the world is like, okay, well, we need to stream from our website five minutes ago. Right. People need to be able to listen to us anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that commercial radio in general would be wise to to reach into podcasting. And this idea that you have to listen to your your radio show, uh, your morning show, whatever your your flagship show is within the company, that you have to listen to it while it's live is preposterous. Well, it's like, it's, it's essentially like a, a, a PVR or DVR box. It's, like, well, it's like Netflix. Like people right. clearly want to watch their show on their own time. It's mm-hmm. not going to be any different for audio right and i get up at a certain time every morning it's not necessarily the same time as you get up but maybe we want to listen to the same show mm-hmm. it'd be the same streamlined thing i can put it on it's still crafted like a morning show yeah uh i get up and i press play and it starts and it's my show to right. listen to you know yeah does that make any sense yeah totally i yeah and i've even been saying that for a while like i think there's a way that we can do this and i think it's starting to happen i also think there's an easy way to make money because every commercial radio station under the sun has a sales staff you just have to make this you know the 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 mad dog and wendy breakfast show i know (laughs) brought to you by uh best buy best like it could be something national well something it could be something local because that's the other thing that that's hasn't been capitalized in in commercial radio uh, or rather in podcasting is that everything podcasting has to be on a global scale because they're trying to get as many people as possible but what if we narrow cast instead of broadcasting with our podcast yeah so where we're going for one specific audience we can uh, target our uh, advertising to something more specific as well. Yeah. Everything that advertises on Facebook is an online-based thing because that's the only way to reach 7 billion people across the globe who have the internet. But what if we did uh, a radio station podcast that's centered around Halifax and also utilizes local businesses to generate revenue? Yeah. It's just, a, it's another avenue. And you're still going to be broadcasting on your FM so you have a client list. Totally. Yeah. Remember how I said I wasn't going to get into it? I know. I love I love that you did. <laughs> well, here we go. You can have that one for free. Ah, thanks, man. Okay. I'm selling it tomorrow. So the Oscars are this weekend. I know we've talked about the Oscars a lot, but I thought since there's not a lot of entertainment news this week, in fact, none, uh, we could quickly, I have a, a list of the nominees in front of you if you want to take mm-hmm. a look at that. Okay. Um, but can we talk about how it is going to be August when Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier come out? That comes this summer. That's going to be in the summer, and so is WandaVision. And Mando Season 2 comes out in October. In October, which, which is, is way quicker than I thought. It's it only 10 or 11 months between seasons, which yeah. has never been the case for, for these streamable shows. So Baby Yoda's still going to be a baby. Well, he's going to be a baby for a long time. He's 50. <laughs> he's 50 now. Yeah. fifty. Year, well, no one's calling him 50-year-old Yoda. No. Well, he's yeah, that's, I mean, he's a baby. He looks like a baby. It's really all we, They've never, certainly never called him Baby Yoda in the show. Right. <laughs> I gotta find Baby Yoda. <laughs> well, and he's not a Yoda. It's gonna create a lot of problems for themselves when they have to like name this character because mm. everyone's gonna be like, "But he already has a name." Do you think they are gonna name the name the character? Maybe not. Yeah, they're gonna have to name the species. That's more important. I think they're just gonna call him uh, Foundling. Well, that's what he is now. Yeah, or the child. Yeah. But he's the family of our Mandalorian. Like he's going to be in this show for the long haul, mm-hmm. especially since he's such a breakout hit. Right. He's like on the cover of the Hollywood Reporter. He's the biggest star of 2019. <laughs> He's going to be Times Person of the Year. Yeah. <laughs> Move over, Greta. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go through. Before we do Oscar predictions, let's just go through a couple of quick little things. They recorded the 
original cast Hamilton Broadway show in 2016 before Lynn and a couple other major cast members left the original cast. Okay. Uh, and it's going to come out in fall of 2021 in theaters. <laughs> so it'll be five years old, this recording, and they're going right. to make it like it's a feature film. It's going to get a wide release by Disney. It's a Disney movie, Hamilton. Wow. So that's kind of a big deal. People excited about it's gonna that. It's going to be on the Ploos. Uh, it probably will be on the Ploos eventually, but hopefully it's in theaters first. Yeah. Because it's literally a theatrical right. production. Uh, Ray Donovan canceled after seven seasons. That's no surprise. Should well, have been canceled a couple years ago. I, I understand that it's well past its prime, but that's a lot of time invested by a lot of people mm-hmm. to then just have their legs cut off. It would be nice if they could have like a little bit of... I don't know how the last season concluded. It probably can like all of the seasons conclude. Oh, that's good. There's almost never a cliffhanger at the end of a Ray Donovan. It's like that guy's dead and I'm going <laughs> to go for a drink. Well, I'm it's yeah, it clearly overstated its welcome. Lots of people pretty unhappy though. It's the best show on TV. What? All right. Who are these people? There's so many of them, man. I know. <laughs> uh, Paul Rubens, you know, Paul Rubens. Yeah, he's uh, Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. He is quite uh, earnestly shopping a Pee Wee script of a reboot of Pee Wee, but dark, like a dark, gritty Pee Wee reboot. And apparently the Safdie brothers are genuinely (laughs) interested. No. That's what the article says. I love it. We didn't talk about gems. Loved it. Yeah. Really liked it. Uh, Good times now on Netflix. Yes. Um. That one, I liked Uncut Gems more than Good Time. It were a little late to the party, but I'm not sure it was available at all in Canada. Certainly not where we are until it hit Netflix last yeah, Friday. There, was, there were no theater re- releases that I knew of. So it's, it's on Netflix in Canada and everywhere except for the States. Mm-hmm. We watched it on Friday night. I knew it was going to be tense. And boy, was it. Yeah, we watched it on Friday night as well. Um, just so nerve wracking and very good. And, yeah. and Sandler did deserve to be nominated. Mm-hmm. The main emotion in um, in Uncut Gems was yelling. Okay. Well, there's a lot of yelling. <laughs> like, in, yeah. Oh, in Uncut Gems. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I don't know how that was scripted, but like people talking over each other. And oh, that's yeah. part of what creates the tension. Totally. Yeah. It's like a constantly escalate. There's people knocking on the doors and it's, don't let him in. Hey, KG, <laughs> KG, come over here for a minute. He was good. He was really good. Yeah. He was really good, I, and I he was already one of my favorite Celtics. I think this might have moved him up to the top. I thought about you because you're a Celtics fan, yeah, and so this must have been generally like a very well a Slaney cultivated film in general. Yeah, it seemed like right up your alley, totally, uh, and particularly because of that <laughs> gambling. Uh, well, I shouldn't start with gambling. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Sandler, yeah, Celtics, yeah. Kevin Garnett, and sports gambling. A gritty movie just in yeah. every way it kind of suits you i think totally yeah yeah. It, yeah the vibe was was very up my alley it was not it was you couldn't have guessed what was going to happen no you kind of had like you didn't know the ending no at all no and it really i didn't know at all what it was about either i mean right. i knew i knew that he was a manhattan jeweler who has a lot of gambling debt. Yeah. But I didn't know how, like, I didn't know that there was specifically going to be like an opal at the center of this right. storyline. And really, it doesn't play that big of a role. Like, for the most part, he's just trying to keep his head down through this movie. Yeah. Uh, but what a character study. A real actor is Adam Sandler. Oh, my God. Just digging his own grave. Yeah. And you're just like, what are you doing, Howard? Yeah. No. Stop it, Howard. No. Don't do that, you dumbass. Yeah. What a dumbass. Yeah. And you kind of feel bad for him, but at the same sure. time, you're like, you have done n- nothing right this whole movie. And no. he pl- he played it so well. Like, Adam Sandler is such a good actor. Yeah. And what do you think about him being snubbed? Well, I mean, there's a long history of Adam Sandler playing dramatic roles. Um, Punch Drunk Love, fantastic. Of course, Punch Drunk Love. Uh, a lot of people like to cite funny people in this conversation, which doesn't seem like a natural reflex for me because it's a Judd Apatow movie. But, they, like, he's very dramatic in that movie. Click. exactly exactly click is really emotional it is i I was joking but click is emotional clicks emotional meyerwitz uh remember spanglish which is not terrible with taylor leone i never saw Spanglish. rain over me which is okay i feel like i'm i'm missing something obvious but he he's done this for a long time yeah uh proven that he can be a good actor and i've now seen uh this and the two popes, and though I liked the two popes, of course Sandler deserves this more than Jonathan Price. Yeah. It is a way more daring, intricate character study performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I uh, 
he he could have probably walked away. He could have won the the Osborne. Well, no, maybe not. He probably wouldn't have won. I mean, it's a it's a hefty category. But Jennifer Aniston said at the at the SAG Awards, uh, Adam Sandler, your magic is real. And that, that's stuck with me. I nice. like that's a what a beautiful thing to say about somebody. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Jenny. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> no, that wasn't it. No. Okay. Hey, okay. So speaking of gambling and the Oscars. Hey, okay. Uh, thanks, Jenny. <laughs> very good. Very good. Okay. I'm very pleased. I'm going to I'm going to uh put my annual twenty dollars on the Oscars. Okay. Um and I was thinking this might be a fun way to hedge my bets. Mm-hmm. Or or not hedge my bets at all. I think in the main categories. I would uh, bet on dark horses only. What? Why? The main horses are the ones that are going to go chalk. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what that language means, and because there's no there's no uh, entertainment at all in Will Laura Dern win Best Supporting Actress. That's true. Okay. And I could spend six dollars on voting for uh, I don't know whoever might be her runner up. But but and can't you combine you can combine like six of the favorites together? Yes. And that gives a higher payout. Well, this is what I did. I went through and I, I filled up my ballot. Okay. Uh, and you can tell me what you think is going to win in some of these categories as well. But I also have a dark horse in all the major categories. Okay. Okay. So um, start at the bottom on the left, animated short. I picked this uh, movie called Hair Love. I did a little research. It seems like that's probably the front runner. Uh, animated feature. And I put I put Missing Link for animated feature, if only because it won the Golden Globe. Right. Um, I have uh, Toy Story 4 as my dark horse in that category. Yeah, you you really think Toy Story Four is gonna get it, and and but the main which one won? Missing well, Link. This hasn't happened yet. The Oscars are this coming Sorry, weekend. Sorry, which one won at the Golden Globe? Missing Link. I think Missing Link is going to win, but I also think Claws could happen. So I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I think Sam Mendes is going to win uh, Best Director, but I think Bong is the dark horse in the category. And so this is an example of where you vote for a Bong Joon Ho because it costs you like four bucks instead of seventy five cents, right. and if it pays off. Right. Yeah, you mean it pays out like four dollars to seventy nine to seventy five cents. No, like to buy in on that on that bet because it's really cheap to buy in on the obvious on the obvious, right? And on the favorite. Okay. I don't know how it works. I think you mean like the odds are are lower. The odds are way lower that Bong will win Best Director. Right. But he's the but he's still the runner up. Right. So he would be paying out like four to one, whereas someone like uh, uh, Mendez might be paying out like one point five. That's what I'm trying. That's to say. That's what you're saying. Okay, yes. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, and you think there's no one, no one else on that list that you would think would? I guess Parasite uh, was probably the most impressive. They're not yeah. going to give it to Scorsese. Once or, upon a time, I thought I, 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 once upon a time, I think I would have thought it would be Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> um, it's not going to be Scorsese, and it, Todd Phillips being in the category at all is kind of thought to be a bit of a mistake, weird. and so, so no. The supporting actress is is really written on the wall and has been for a long time. It's going to be Laura Dern, but I think if there is any dark horse in the category, it's Margot Robbie. Okay. Didn't um, you say she was like not that impressive in it? Charlize was good, but Margot has kind of a non-substantial role. She has, a, she has an Oscar-worthy scene. Okay. She's, and, and it's a supporting category, so I guess I get it. So it can be as small as possible. You don't think that Scarlett would be the next logical guess? I think Scarlett's the next logical guess in the lead actress category. I think right. that it's Renee's to lose, but if she does, I think she loses it to Scarlett in Marriage Story. Mm. More so than, than JoJo. Right. I do. Okay. Supporting actor, um, Brad Pitt is obviously the front runner in that category. I think Joe Pesci is probably the the runner up. I think he's probably the the dark horse, but it's not going to happen, right? Yeah, Tom Hanks isn't getting any love. No, it's not going to happen. Brad Pitt. It'd be nice to see Brad Pitt. He doesn't have an Oscar, does he? He has an Oscar for producing, right? But he doesn't have any acting. Twelve, ones. 12 Years a Slave. No, he's never won. For Which one he could for performing. have probably gotten a couple times. Sure. I mean, he's an amazing actor. To, like, look. I mean, even Fight Club. Absolutely. That's kind of a fight snub. <laughs> a club snap. Look, I, I love uh, Brad Pitt, and he, I, I've really enjoyed him. Some people are starting to kind of groan, roll their eyes at his little comedy tour across the <laughs> awards circuit. Sure, but I'm enjoying every minute of it, yeah. and I can't wait to see him win an Oscar on the weekend. Um, of course, the the front runner for lead actor is Joaquin Phoenix and Joker, but Adam Driver is the is the dark horse. It's not going to be any one of the other three guys. This is not going to be no, no. I'm interested in what Pain and Glory might be now. This is apparently remarkable, this performance by 
uh, Antonio Banderas. And it's another foreign language film, or excuse right. me, international film. What's it about? Do we know? Not a thing. Okay. I don't know a thing. Middle category, adapted screenplay, I, th- I think is going to go to Jojo Rabbit. It won the Writers Guild Award. I once thought it would be Greta's to lose from Little Women. I still would like for it to be Greta, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think JoJo's probably got it. Yep. Original screenplay. Uh, I gave it to Parasite. Do you think that was a mistake? People are... I, I kind of feel like Knives Out might end up getting some love. Is that crazy? I mean, nothing's crazy. Uh, it's not what I put for my dark horse. I thought Marriage Story was my dark horse. I'm not sure what the history uh, analytics are on a screenplay not written in English winning this award are. Right. But I just have a feeling about Parasite. I, I mean, I really think that 1917 is going to dominate this Oscars, mm-hmm. but it's not a writing movie. Right. It's not a writer's movie. Y- you watch Parasite now, right? No. You still haven't seen it. We're going to watch it tomorrow night. We're going to watch it last night because it's available for rent now on demand. Right. Um, but we watched Thunder Road instead. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, Cinematography is Roger Deakins, 1917. I think that's for sure going to happen. Uh, Elton John's going to win original song. Hair and makeup, I think, is going to be bombshell. Does Elton John have an Oscar yet? He has an Oscar, I believe, for um, The Lion King. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. But he's not in... He must be so close to EGOT territory. He would have uh, Grammy Oscar uh tony yeah for the lion king but he just doesn't have an emmy don't imagine he has an emmy no that's an easy one to tick off i think so i would just go for i'd make that my mission if i were him (laughs) once you're there once you're that close yeah uh anything else jumping out at you i I wanted to save best picture for last but i I think 1917 is gonna win best picture i think so too um and parasites the dark horse and i would like to see a movie that's not 1917 win it i don't know why i think just because it's a war movie yeah Still haven't seen Joker yet, but Joker's in the mix for Best Picture still, isn't it? Not it's, really. It's not? Okay. Not really. It's the most nominated movie, but it doesn't seem to be the front runner in many categories. Right. It's not going to Billie Eilish the thing. I, anything could happen. I don't want to sound stupid. This this might be a really dumb document in like six days. No, <laughs> that's very safe of you. This podcast. But I think, I think 1917 is kind of the clear front runner. Someone made a point recently that like, hey, smart people uh, aren't liking 1917. Like, you know, like, I, I don't know if it's just becoming a contrarian take. I think it is. I don't yeah. think, I don't know if it's, it's smart people, but I, I, I do think that I think it's like people who fancy themselves type. real cinephiles yeah. are like, no, it's not that impressive. Right. Well, guess what? It is really impressive. Guess there's, what? There's no way it's not impressive. If I watched it and I was impressed, I'm not, it doesn't make me an idiot for being impressed by it. Well, that's, that's what they're insinuating though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I know. Yeah. I find that kind of frustrating. It is Oscar Beatty. And I just mm-hmm. said it myself. I'm almost reluctant to to give it any credence because it's a war movie. We saw that movie together and I enjoyed it. Like totally. it's great. I might not see it again because it's a lot and it is Oscar Beatty. I think a movie can be good and also Oscar bait. It happens all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I, like I said, Jojo rabbit was the, the movie that I think made me feel the most through That's the whole wonderful. thing. Like yeah. that. I really, really liked it. Um, I like parasite, but I feel like stuff was be- like, it'll grow, grow with me. Um, <laughs> once upon a time in Hollywood, I really liked, I think that will get better on more watches, but I, I honestly kind of think I'd be fast forwarding through some of the Leonardo DiCaprio, like sad sacky stuff. Yeah. Cause it, I know it's the whole point of the movie, but at the same time, like when it's showing everyone doing their, their own thing, I'm, I don't think it's the whole point of the movie. I think that's the inherent problem with the way these awards were, were divvied up. I think that. I think that Cliff Booth is the star of that movie. I right. think that Brad's the star of that movie. And it's not just because he's more interesting in it. I think Leo's delivered an amazing performance in this movie, but it's either co-leads or Brad is the lead. Right. They only put him in the supporting category so that he'd have a more uh, likely shot to win. And it worked. Yeah. Um, But I agree. I think that, I think that the Leo parts maybe get a little sleepy. Although the part on the porch with the little girl is good. That's good. That's funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I don't want to see him do that take over and over again. And <laughs> yeah. like f- entertaining movie though. I liked it. Very, very good. The Irishman I'm due for a rewatch. I'm, I'm, I'm due to watch it all in one, in one go. I haven't done that yet. Neither have I. I really want to. Yeah. I should sit down again with that. Uh, and then there's some, uh, more ancillary categories throughout. 
Um, any categories we're missing? Have we had this conversation before? Like anything that you wish there was an Oscar for and there isn't yet? One people, one thing people like to suggest is casting. The casting is always talked about as like an essential part of the filmmaking process, and yet no casting directors are ever honored at this thing. Yeah, that would that would actually be really good because the the people that are complete unknowns, um, you know, you could shout someone out for putting a first timer in a movie who ended up being incredible. Like, it's said all the time. Like the, I know the producers and directors often have a say. Yeah, uh, and certainly in the case of Quentin Tarantino, you know, he wanted Brad and Leo, and Brad and Leo wanted to make another movie with Quentin, but like. For the most part, these movies are filled out because a professional knew how to do it. Well, for instance, like doing like Lady Bird probably could have got casting because mm-hmm. there's a case. I mean, in retrospect, it's easy to see, but there's a case of uh, Saoirse Ronan who's like, you know, she's been in a few things. Um, she'd been nominated. She'd been. Wait, for what? Uh, I want to say Winter's Bone, but that's uh, J-Law. The one where she's a ghost. Yeah, that's Winter's Oh, uh yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, she's a ghost. She'd been nominated for that. She got nominated for ghost, and yeah. and <laughs> and um, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, you know, like a new a new guy, and then what's her name? Who ended up being the mom? Laurie Metcalf, who was like famous, but not yeah. in that way. Like, well, she's a, th- a theatrical actor. I think she was she was known for being good in in theater. And like, I guess what I'm saying is, it wasn't like Renee Zellweger. No, exactly. You know? Yes, that's a very good point. So, yeah, I, I, I think casting, like, if I know editing is, people say that's actually, like, the most important category. Like, right. if you don't get the editing right, then you've messed everything up because you could even make the people that were cast badly look okay right. through editing. But, yeah, I think casting's a, a general a general good take. I think so. And, and then another one people like to talk about is, is stunt performance. Yeah. I don't know about that one. No? The obvious argument against awarding stunt performances is that it kind of invites people to to be stupid on movie sets. Yeah. I'm going to win that Oscar. And then they put, then there's some like stuntman dying every six months. Yeah. That's an interesting point too, which I wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to win craziest play. Well, it's what Tom Cruise is doing. Right. right? Yeah. Tom Cruise would just try to win it every yeah. year. It's the only way he's going to win an Oscar <laughs> now if they create a stunt right. Oscar. And then uh, what about child performance? Performance by an actor under 16. Oh, yeah. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Who would win it this year? Uh, I like uh, Jojo Rabbit Kid. Roman Griffin Davis is his name. Or Yorkie. Archie Yates is his name. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. Who's going to be in the Home Alone movies, as you said. Little Girl on the Porch and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Julia Butters. She was phenomenal. Julia Butters. (laughs) That's her name. Nice. There were some good kid performances. The kid in Marriage Story is subtle, he's, but he's in the whole movie. Um, there are a lot of kids in movies this year. True. Uh, quick aside about Quentin Tarantino. Did you see that David Letterman was on Deezus and Miro? I did. And I mi- listened to that whole thing. Did you? Yes. I love Deezus and Miro. Yeah, they're fun. Um, but he tells a story about uh, how Quentin Tarantino said he was going to kill him and come to his house and like beat the crap out of him. So the way Dave tells it is... This is like 10, 15 years ago because it was it was pre-Inglorious Bastards. And he made some snarky comment about Quentin being a movie nerd. being Well, just being a, a nerdy guy. And he's like, he's dating a woman who's out of his league. Right. And we don't know who this woman is, but I guess she's famous. She's famous and she was on there and he was on TV joking about them dating. So and like, then shouldn't we be able to know this pretty quick? You'd think I was, so. I was surprised it wasn't mentioned in the article. So Quentin called up Dave and like chews him out and says he's going to beat him with a bat and he's going to kill him and he's going to... And all I could think was like, yeah, he was on coke. He's like... Yeah. Quentin is famous for like being too coked out sometimes. Right. And then he came on the show and he reluctantly apologized. And oh. Then, yeah, that's I, the other part of the story. I, did, I missed that part of the yeah, story. Yeah, they come back, they loop back to it. Okay. And he's like, and then he came on the show and like Dave was like, I'm not going to apologize. Maybe I'm supposed to, but I'm not going to apologize. And then Quentin's publicist was like, Quentin, please apologize to Dave. Right. And then he did and... And then I guess it's water under the bridge, but it's a weird, it's a weirdly real story. And you don't think of Dave as someone who's like, I got, I got like spilling the tea. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you some juice for your podcast. It'll get me in the headlines. I think he honestly, he really wanted to kind of uh, play up to Deez's Miro. Like he started out being like, this is like one of my favorite shows kind of thing, which is so off brand, but it's Deez's and Miro kind of is what 
David Letterman was when it first started. Yes. Like it's a scrappy, a weird, and- scrappy, completely different. It starts with like, have, have you ever listened to the whole show? Yeah. Like the podcast starts out with 20 minutes of the AKAs. Like and- Deez is nice. AKA Deez is rice. AKA. <laughs> and it goes on forever. There's also songs. And in spite of what he wants you to believe, Dave is super cool. Like yeah. for like a 75 year old man, he like, he right. knows what's cool. And right. he also, he's not as much of a loner or like a weird recluse as I think he wanted to be perceived as for many years. Like he likes that he's still famous. He just comes out now and then, but he like wears great jeans and he looks like Santa Claus. And I I think he likes being kind of, uh, do you remember a couple of years ago when like, like sexy Santa was a bit of a viral star and he had like big friggin' guns and a huge white beard. This is what Dave is now. Yeah, he's sexy Santa. He's sexy Santa. Right. That should be his next move. <laughs> be, yeah, bring toys to all the girls and boys. Yeah. Bring sexy <laughs> Santa back. Hey, let's talk about a show. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll recap it. I think it's probably my turn to, to recap. We're only going to do the one tonight. It's The Stranger on Netflix, which I don't know. It feels like something that they probably like scooped off the BBC. Yeah, it it feels like something that was out already, but it's based on a novel from 2015, a, a very popular pulpy novel. The show overall pulpier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, Did not, you watch any more than the first episode? No, I want to. Okay. I, I, let me let me recap it, and then we can get into sure it. Sure thing. Okay, so uh, we're gonna recap the stranger in three, two, one. Uh, random dad and husband I think his name is Adam is just sitting at a bar and a stranger comes up to him and she's like hey remember when your wife had a miscarriage guess what she didn't she lied about it it wasn't real and that uh, sets off this uh, crazy amount of paranoia within this guy he eventually confronts his wife after doing a bunch of credit card and internet research into the fact that she probably did lie about her pregnancy she kind of fesses up and then she bails meanwhile there's these two detectives driving around town trying to figure out who decapitated a llama and left it in the street we found it in the final shot of the episode it was probably one of this guy's sons yes they're uh the son was at like this massive rave where um uh, a kid was found was this in the, this in the first episode yeah. the kids found naked in the woods yeah he's kind of like beat to a pulp yeah he's alive he's okay but he's in the hospital through the whole episode yeah, yeah. we just keep getting these weird uh blurry flashes of what went on at this like woods bonfire right there's a lot of high school stuff in this show actually yeah and i think a big part of it is supposed to be they're doing like a silent disco kind of thing which makes no sense yeah so like like they all put in headphones but i'm like you're all yelling anyway this right you're not being any quieter you're probably talking louder too because you're you've got headphones so that's the idea that's how they keep their little parties on the down i think that's supposed to be it Oh. It shows someone pop in headphones. It's like, <laughs> so you've gone forth and watched more. No, no, that was all in the first episode. But I have gone forth and watched like that's what I mean. three more episodes. Yeah. Oh dang. Yeah. I do. Should I keep watching? Because I do kind of want to. Okay. Um, but I I thought we were gonna watch a show that was like high caliber, like Ozark. And it's not. It's kind of pulpier and goofier than that. Yeah. A lot of there's so much going on, even throughout all of the the all of the episodes that i saw there's like new stuff happening and i'm like well what what just happened over there like why are they focusing on something new like we want to get to this first part and right. we're like five parts removed from there now um and the stranger is still only like you know she's popping up is she just, like popping up to a bunch of people yeah yeah. Okay. Don't tell me. Sorry, but I kind of, I kind of, I asked, but I kind of figured that was the case. She wasn't just going to haunt this one dad. That there's like a whole network of shit. Because when he confronts his wife about her fake pregnancy, and she, she indirectly confesses that yes, she did lie about her pregnancy and miscarriage. Uh, but then she also is like, listen, you don't understand. This goes way deeper. There's right. so much you don't know, and he won't tell her, or she won't tell him what's going on. So I figured she's probably being like blackmailed or or something to do with the stranger also and then she just sends him a text message at the end of the episode and she's like maybe we should get some time apart see you in a few days and i hated the line when uh she's she goes oh a lady just told you this and you believed her and this was basically (laughs) after she like kind of was like okay well you don't get it you don't understand he's like she's like who told you this 
a lady and she's like and you just believed her <laughs> well yeah you're kind of confessing yeah to her we right already now. went through this i yeah. told you how i found all your shit yeah i know i also struggled with some of the conversational blocking yeah. of that scene yeah because he's well and also she she basically admits to it and then she's like it hurts to be lied to doesn't it and i'm like that's a bold move to make this about him to right like, in this moment choose to imply that he's equally deceitful right now she <laughs> might be referring to like like him cheating at some point or sure but like yes there's a difference between cheating and straight up lying about a you having a baby yes the entire emotional trauma of being pregnant and by the way uh quite pregnant right like, like they show her in a flashback to when she's like visibly pregnant and then there's like this... you never touched her stomach at any point well that's the thing and so in his investigating this lie he discovers a website that sells like fake pregnancy tests that read positive, fake pregnant bellies, yeah. like all of this stuff that you need to trick somebody into thinking you're pregnant. And so she's like visibly pregnant. She's like maybe five months pregnant when they show her. So he's never like seen his wife's pregnant belly right. up close. He's never been able to look and see if this is a and then a suit. And then he goes into this, or she goes into this huge thing about how she met this other girl at a cafe and like goes on this story about how this girl was faking her pregnancy. And I'm like, it's still not okay. No, like, no. And he's also just annoyed by that. He's just like, I hope you're going somewhere with this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, okay, stop being so sarcastic for a second. Yeah. Like, oh my God. No, I'm going to react to this. How I react yeah. reacting to this. Yeah. I found it really hard at first to it. And I don't know anything about the novel, but because we've done so many shows on this podcast, so many pilots uh, that might as well be called the stranger. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like The Outsider most recently. So many mm. dime a dozen grim family thriller mysteries yeah. about a guy in a small town and something iffy is going on. Right. Uh, and so it was very hard to detach myself from that and then throw in the fact that it's called The Stranger. And again, I didn't read the book, but like I can't imagine writing a novel and pouring two years of my life into the creative effort of doing that mm -hmm. and then going, I'm going to call it The Stranger. Right. And this is the same guy, Harlan Coben. He's the guy who did that uh, that uh, Michael C. Hall show that we watched. But that's another show that feels it's like this. exactly like yeah. it. You're right. What was that called? Oh. The Gated Community Show. Yeah. 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 I feel like it was also called The Stranger. Yeah. But it was also similarly, and I didn't keep up with it, but I watched the pilot and I was like, all right. Kind of compelling. I'm kind of yeah. curious. Yeah. I find I'm getting like more... I don't know. There's there's parts where I get drawn into it and then yeah. I watch more and I'm like, what is this? Right. What is this show? But, but I, you're going to keep up with it now. It's a limited series. I know. We're so far into it and it better just, I think that was the other thing was I, I said, there's no way this can have a second season. Like this would be so dumb if they brought it back for a second season. Well, it doesn't seem to be getting like a, a whole lot of buzz. No. It's been a long time since Netflix had a show that like consumed the culture yeah a long time yeah i think dark season three is supposed to be coming out that's still niche yeah it's 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 always going to be niche because it's not in english right and it's challenging as hell to follow i mean like stranger things like a show that like yeah. buzzfeed runs with right you know what i mean yeah well you is kind of that that's true that's you know fair. that's probably their their most recent cash cow that a lot of people are talking about even even like yesterday, I got in a conversation with someone about you. With who? Uh, I don't know. It was someone who's like, you is so good. Where were we? You is surprisingly good. Yeah. It, it, that's the thing about it is it disguises itself as like a trashy gossip girl type show. Yeah. And actually, there's a lot of nuance in it. There's yeah. a lot of good acting in it. Yeah. There's a lot of schlock in it to keep like a certain demographic interested. Yeah. But... It's at its heart actually good content. Well, someone made a po uh, point about the circle being the kind of thing that, oh yeah, the, you know, th like that and cheer and like bingeable stuff that bingeable, but not like a, an immersive narrative like right. Stranger Things. Yeah, and and I think I think it was the watch that I was listening to that was saying like you know the last couple of big shows that have done like a weekly like the outsider if the out outsider was released as a weekly model mm -hmm. or the mandalorian people would be done so quick and then it would just be like a flash but the outsider get... was uh released as a weekly model so yeah was the mandalorian yeah exactly yeah so that's what i'm saying if they were all released or sorry if they were all released uh one at a time rather than the weekly model which they had 
then I think there's room in the culture for both models, and I hope both sustain. Yeah, I like that HBO is holding on to that. Right. Um, did you keep up with The Outsider? Is that done now? Yeah. No. It's uh, it's there's like ten episodes, and we're five through right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Still good. It's still very good. And they introduce like a, um, a like a new detective mm-hmm. who's very interesting in the story too. The woman. Yeah. So is she, she in the first episode. No, but she is a king universe character no way so she's also in mr mercedes holly gibney yes okay but she's she's in mr mercedes which is also a tv show but it's on hulu or or all access or something because he's not right. specific to any it's, network it's not for some played reason. by the same character no different okay. actor right yeah i yeah she's she's great in it and it's it's a strange character and one that is could could and should probably be um more tropey Okay. But they've done a very good job of like eliminating the tropey. A couple yes. of the things about the stranger, the decapitated llama is very upsetting. Yeah. Well, I thought it was like a golden retriever with its head blown off. Me too. Well, and they just show it from a bird's eye at first. And I, I yeah. thought it was a dog also. And I'm like, what's with that dog's neck? And I didn't realize yeah. it was decapitated. And then oddly, when I found out it was decapitated, I was relieved because that meant it couldn't be a dog. <laughs> <laughs> why did that mean it couldn't be a dog because the neck was too weird it was like it was, oh, there was okay. clearly it was clearly a creature with a long neck right sure N- not that i'd rather see llamas beheaded than dogs but i also yeah. would you know what i mean also like- <laughs> also i don't think there's any point in the uh cop being as much of an idiot as he is yeah like that it just seems like an unnecessary like he is overly kind of developed Tommy thing yeah yeah yeah, that's true. The other one is from Downton Abbey. She's quite villainous on Downton Abbey. Oh, wow. Uh, here's a silly question about shows like this. Does it cost money or something to show Google in your show? Because anytime somebody like Googles something in one of these shows, it's clearly Google, but they don't show the word it Google. It just shows the bar? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they if that's like trademarked to even show the logo on a screen. I thought that this little town looks like downtown Kentville which means something only to us because we yeah, lived there. Yeah. I thought it looked like that street. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Armitage is the guy's name, the main guy. Okay. And he gives me Hugh Jackman vibes. Yeah, he looked like a scrawny Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Yeah. Small Jackman. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Smallge. Smallge. Small Jackman. <laughs> That's all I got about The Stranger, though. Um, There was... Uh, oh, uh, Taylor documentary. And Miss Americana. Yeah. So, so you and I both watched... Uncut Gems and Miss Americana this weekend, <laughs> yes. but separately. Yeah, well, that's actually, quite a marathon. We watched that on double feature on like Monday night. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't bad. We watched it Saturday mon- morning. I think we got yeah. up in the morning and watched it. Right. It's not bad as far as like pop star documentaries go. Yeah, I think I told you on the podcast I watched the Jonas one. Oh, really? Um, I mean, I was telling somebody else that I watched the Jonas Brothers one on Amazon Prime. Also, very good. Did it go into the diabetes at all? Uh no. Ah, damn it. Is it Nick who's diabetic yeah no joe jonas joe yeah okay no i don't think they no, talk wait. about diabetes nick jonas? i think it's nick it's nick jonas yeah yeah no that, that it's not a big part of it there's like a really i remember who i was having this conversation with recently um there's a really uh sad part of the movie where kevin gets really uh honest oh, about the fact yeah. that like he's clearly third tier jonas brother yeah. and he says every day of my life people come up and ask me are you nick or joe Right. And wouldn't that hurt? And what's his name? Kevin? Kevin. <laughs> yeah. And he's the oldest. He's the old brother. Right. That would really hurt. I know he's like rich and he'll, he's fine, but like that would really mess with you. Totally. You, at that point, you really need to just like lean into like your family. The documentary was about how they, they come back together and they're like going to do music again. Anyway, no, the, the yeah. Taylor one is what we're here to talk about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought she was good. Like I said, it was, it was hardcore propaganda. Yeah. Um and it's it's very selective and it's <laughs> I don't know telling... if you said it was hardcore propaganda. It is hardcore but... Taylor propaganda. Yeah. This is this is how, how powerful and smart she is. It's true. Yeah. You know what I like? My favorite part? And it happens to be one of my favorite songs she's put on in a long time is the song from Reputation Getaway Car, which is a real Jack Antonoff vibe. Okay. And there's a scene where she and him are like trying to finish the bridge to yeah. getaway car and they just fucking improvise the lyric they just nail it out it was unbelievable she did she did that with like three songs throughout the show I l- yeah she also does it with the uh, the new song that they put out for the 
right the movie, which is just and an okay like, song only the young get away or yeah. something yeah only the young can run only the young can run i, I was so close to th- that the verses are much better in that song than the hook which is bad right which is terrible yeah um well it's kind of like apparently on the first foo fighters album like dave Grohl was just going like and was just making words that kind of fit in there that made no sense at all like the poetry if, didn't matter no like yeah. like big me makes no sense if you just look at the lyrics all well what's the beck song loser makes absolutely no sense except maybe it's artfully supposed to make no sense right it's almost like the uh yeah the lyrics to that are the equivalent of watching um and i'm not just saying that because the first line is in the time of chimpanzees it was a monkey yeah uh it's almost like what did jack do did you see that? Hmm. That David Lynch, the, the David Lynch movie. No, but you brought it to my attention and now I see it all the time in the queue. Okay. So I finished it. Okay. It's a short film it's, on Netflix. It's so dumb. But, but I think David Lynch's whole thing is everything is so dumb. Okay. And like, we're all enjoying something that's stupid all the time. You think he's just nihilistic and that's, that's, I don't think yeah. that that's the point of like Twin Peaks. No. Or Blue Valentine. Like, I'm pretty sure he's like Blue he's Velvet. Is that what it is? Blue Velvet, yeah. Uh, I, I, he's so into absurdity, though. Yes. And I'm not sure. But absurdity is not necessarily nihilistic. It doesn't mean nothing matters. No, but it's weird that I'm taking it that way. Doesn't, isn't well, it? I mean, I didn't see the chimpanzee one. So maybe that is the thesis of, of his most recent right. masterpiece. Like, it literally, <laughs> it's it's him going like, you gotta wake wake up pretty early in the morning don't you and then the monkey will be like i never did nothing a day in my life and then david lynch goes you knew sam down at the barn didn't you and he'll go like a couple were walking down the street the other day and i didn't even say hello to them I would just like the audience was, at home to know that as Slaney just now rotated between those two different characters, he also moved back and forth. I was turning my hor- head horizontally to, on yes. the microphone to portray both characters yeah. earnestly. Yeah, I needed to do that. That <laughs> yeah. was what my my uh, internal dialogue was telling me. To you do. wore the shoes. There was a dialogue. Yeah, it was two people. Um, but uh, anyways, it's it's the same thing. It's like there there is no point to this it's almost we're just watching i think it's honestly a commentary on entertainment well yeah maybe that's the exercise that that some something only somebody as esteemed as david lynch could in fact pull off and esteemed as somebody so artful as david lynch Mm -hmm. he could say once you reach a certain kind of reputation within this ridiculous culture you can make whatever you want and they'll say it's a masterwork so that they don't sound ridiculous for yeah. not getting it. Right. So maybe that's maybe that's what he's going for. Because people, like, you look on Reddit and some people are like, I actually liked What Did Jack Do? Mm. It's like, did you? Did you? What really? did you like about you it? You throw that on yeah. sometime when you're bored? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was on a treadmill. It's a 17-minute thing. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe only a minute passed since I last checked the time. Yeah. You know, and I like David Lynch stuff. Like, I'm... I'm into it. Yeah. But that was just so, so weird. I liked Miss Americana as well, is all I wanted to say. <laughs> it's pretty good. Was there anything that shocked you? No. No, everything was very... No, nothing shocked me. But it was good. it was a fun watch, and I've always been a fan. And I've always been right to be a fan. Yeah, sure. Uh, do you give your ass to The Stranger? This is weird because I've watched like four episodes. I don't think I do. That's so weird. But I also have that. I also yeah. have those sometimes. Yeah, like like we'll probably go through more. But if a crazy series comes out tomorrow, we'll never go back to it. It's hard to answer this objectively, but do you think you'd give your S to the show just based on the pilot or based on what you know now, it's hard to give your S? I think based on what I know now. Okay. Yeah, it's hard. Based to... on the pilot, I think... I think I probably would have. I think it's a pretty good pilot, but yeah. we've seen it before. We've seen this mm-hmm. kind of a thing before. And it, yeah. frankly, it feels like something that would be better with Jason Bateman in it, but I'd also be mad if he was in it. Right. Yeah. Trying to do a British accent <laughs> like you. <laughs> right. As yeah. Dr. Sweets, MD. Oh, we brought it all back home. Mm-hmm. Well, then let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> so uh, an important distinction for Bad Boys 3, which you still haven't seen. I've still not seen. It has become the highest grossing January release 
that was not nominated for Oscars that year. Okay. So it's quite quite the specific criteria. But like movies that get nominated for Oscars and that's why they come out in January, they make more money than Bad Boys 3 has made. Right. But it's made a lot of money for a non-Oscar movie in January, which is great for, yeah. for that movie. And great for those guys. Yes. For, great, know, for the, great for the bad boys. For the Smith family. Yeah. The Smith estate. And the Lawrence it's family. make out well. Yeah. The Lawrence family actually is like, yeah, Martin Lawrence hasn't done much in a while. Yeah, he's like, I'm back, baby. Yeah. He's like, I put on 50 pounds and let's do it. Did he? It kind of looks like it in well, some of the trailers. he's an older guy now. He's an older guy. Yeah. That's he's getting true. into Cedric territory. Oh, <laughs> Do kidding. you trust Martin Lawrence? I do. I think because he's a, no- a normal guy. He's not rocking six-pack abs. No, you're right. You can trust a guy that's comfortable and putting a little weight on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Will Smith, you could bounce a quarter off any part of his body. <laughs> <laughs> could you? Do we even have, like, is the idea of Will Smith that he's, like, jacked beyond belief? I don't even think of Will Smith as being jacked. You don't? I mean, I don't think of him as being flabby or scrawny, but like, I don't, I don't think of him as like, oh, wait till you see when his shirt comes off. He's not like Brad Pitt when he takes his shirt off on the roof. You know what I mean? Well, he kind of is. And maybe that's because I just don't find, I don't really see Will Smith as you don't sex. trust him enough. To well, I don't trust him, his body. but there's lots of people I don't trust who I still see as sex symbols. Sure. Well, yeah, there's one where. <laughs> what a funny thing to say. There's. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy, not to be trusted. <laughs> Don't leave them at home. Sexy, maybe. <laughs> to be trusted, never. Well, I think untrust is sexy. That's the problem of this life. <laughs> the sexier you are, the less trustful you can be. I have a lot of problems. <laughs> so that's why we never trust Will Smith. And, and in conclusion, <laughs> to wrap things up here neatly, never trust Someone someone who looks like that when he takes off his shirt. Someone with all that under. <laughs> <laughs> Never trust was mine. Yeah. <laughs>